Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce. This week, we interview Sonia Franz with Integernet in Germany. We discuss the Magento community, online events, and the Magento Association. We talk about diversity in the tech community and what everyone can do to help be more diverse, even bald white guys like myself. We touch on the new Hoofa theme and finish it with some ballroom dancing. You can't miss this episode. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. This episode is sponsored by eWay Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions, and AWS Select Consulting Partner, eWay Corporation, forward together. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Today I have Sonia Franz from Germany. Cologne, Germany, is it? Almost. Aachen, yes. Aachen, okay. So, Sonia, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and what some of your passions are. Okay, my name is Sonia Franz. I'm the marketing manager at Integernet. Uh, I've been involved with the Magento community for eight years now. Um, I'm passionate about events, and I'm today wearing a T-shirt that I got at a Magento event. Um, which is not so unusual for me. One of my passions is ballroom dancing, uh, which I just recently, yesterday, got to well revive after some months of absence. Um, and uh, I'm also currently working on my master's thesis for uh, communication and industrial psychology. And I'll write the thesis on a topic that touches on e-commerce. Wow, that's very, very exciting. So you could work with Guido on his cognitive thingy stuff that he does, or I don't even know what he does, actually. Cognitive <laughs> yeah, psychology think, or something? Yeah, I think he's done a lot more in the real psychology part, and I'm more to the um, communications department. So, okay. Yeah. But that's, Great. It's, it's an interesting part. I mean human brains are just fascinating and uh well i guess we see with machine learning that uh human brains are still a different class yeah i hope so i hope that we continue to learn a little differently than machines uh but who knows what's going to happen skynet skynet 
<laughs> um, all right, so let's let's jump right into uh, events and community. I, I so I know that one thing that we've both had in common for a, quite a long time is moving Magento events from specifically developer focus to a broader focus. Can you just kind of speak to some of those older, more traditional events? And did you feel like those older events were really geared toward developers? Um, so one of my first Magento events I attended was, was the Meet Magento Germany um, in 2013, and they had a tech track and a business track. And I think I didn't even attend one talk in the tech track, but just stayed in the in the main business part. Um, and back then, it was kind of funny because the business main track really had the big room and the tech people, which were actually more, had another room um, in the lower floor, which had um, not the best lightning, not enough oxygen for everyone in the room and uh it really felt a bit hmm, like they could have adjusted more to the majority of attendees um but on the other hand it was always a struggle to get merchants to attend events um because they bring the money and <laughs> for the whole space um so there's, there's always this uh, conflict of interest that on the one hand, you get a lot of developers to attend and you want to cater to them, um, but you also want to get it, yeah, have a better experience from, from merchants who attend. Um, back then, I was somewhat in the marketing slash project management role. Um, and um, yeah, it was... The developers had the um, had a pre-party on the the Friday, the, the Sunday before the event, um, and back then that was really a developer meeting basically. Um, so you had to know who would organize it, uh, had to follow them on Twitter, otherwise you probably wouldn't have heard about it at all. Um, yeah, and then it became more and more to this uh, to this combination of having a hackathon at the Meet Magento Germany on the weekend before the actual conference, um, which meant that you had really, at some point, people attending the hackathon and then leaving town when the conference started. Um, and for me, then attending a hackathon was uh, seeing all these guys <laughs> working on stuff I didn't really understand but thought it was cool um, so I kind of uh, grouped with any other project manager I could find at these uh, gatherings and um, trying to find a, a topic we could work on and that led me to translations um, yeah it's uh, I think it's really a good thing to have events where both merchants and developers and project managers and marketing people meet um, so they could have more of an exchange of, of what's going on, what's important to them. Um, but it's it's a really hard task to make an event that's uh, good for all of them. 
Yeah, it's very difficult. My my first, well, my first speaking event was in Germany in 2014. It was at Magento Live in Munich. And I chose a topic that I thought would be targeted directly to merchants. And it was about how you communicate in a project management or as a project manager in a project and how lots of communication helps and all kinds of topics, uh, topics about customer experience and making sure customers are happy in those topics or in, in that, in that format. And uh, at the end of my, at the end of my presentation, all the questions I had were from developers and everybody after the only people that came up and asked me questions were developers. There were things like, Oh, should I, I didn't realize I should be talking to the customer all the time about something or all those different things you think about as a project manager. Developers oftentimes don't think about those things which goes to the importance of having another view on a tech sort of conference. And it could be project management, but it could also be marketing because marketing has topics that have to go to developers to make sure that it's marketed correctly. And I think you would agree that a developer thinks a little bit differently than a marketer. Yes. Yeah. Well. Both have their prejudices of the others, um, which doesn't help. And uh, I can I can understand both views. I've spent so many years now working closely with my team of mainly developers, um, and they're great people. But I also see some of the the humor that's in some of those prejudices in in real life, and it's like yeah. True. And they say like, oh no, all this marketing, blah, blah, and they're just gonna hot air division. Yeah, like uh, put stuff out that's, uh, or fake it till it's when it's not even made at all. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something that uh, where a close exchange between the two groups would help. And then what you say, like if you are at an event and the, the audience is not what you expected, Ah, that's also difficult because sometimes I feel like um, it's a tough job for the organizer to to realize beforehand who's going to attend. Um, they have to get in the data with the registration and then they might not even know who's going to attend which track. Um, but I think it's also a job for them to make sure the, the speaker knows who's going to be there listening to them and um yeah did you say I mean, hot air division earlier that was the yes. marketers are in the hot air division because it could be said too that developers are also put into a hot air division they're full of bloat and words that english speakers wouldn't say although i've heard some very funny talks from German speakers about uh, poor language or the, the, the reason that non-English speakers use the F word and the S word in their public presentations. <laughs> That's of course another yep. topic and I, I don't want to get us off track. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's move on to online events. And I just recently watched, I think one of your, one of the, the HUFA uh, meetups you did uh, where you kind of moderated that event Tell us about a little bit about how you feel online uh, online events are going, and maybe where you think they're going to be now in the future that we can both do online and and in person. 
Um, so I think it's really great to see lots of uh, meetups now switching to online because they just keep it rolling. Um, I mean, we have it with a with a local Magento meetup, and now we're starting this the Suva meetup because we see there's a, uh, yeah, marketing word demand um, <laughs> in the in the community around Suva to actually have a space for, um, yeah. To talk to others. Uh, I mean, that's a Hoover Slack, which is really active. Um, but I feel like some things are better explained uh, in a video or in a talk or in, in sometimes even chat that's going on. Um, and uh, well, the online meetups or online events in general have this this really great advantage that it's a lot easier to attend. Um, I've heard you talk about your hackathon plans in Florida, um, which is an awesome idea. But even from a privileged German perspective, I'd say, wow, going to Florida for a hackathon, I'm not sure I'm going to go. Um, I would like to, but it's uh, lots of dif uh, different conservation going on. And just signing up for an online event is a whole lot easier, usually for free or well cheap um and um it's a lot less effort for me as an attendee uh i could just sit there in my pajamas on the sofa and just watch it or if i feel like engaging more i could use probably a chat alongside it or um use networking features or whatever else is available um and there's lots and lots of new things i think going on or maybe i just haven't bothered looking before 2020 um for example the, the hop-in platform that many magento events use and that we also use for for the hyper meetup where you have this 101 networking uh stuff going on and you just uh, say you want to go networking and then there's uh, another person popping up um and well for me Oftentimes I know those people already, but it's still always nice to, to meet just someone new and um, have this excitement of a first exchange and uh, maybe exchange contact details afterwards or just give them a tip on a topic they're currently researching on or learn more about. Um, and I think it brings the, the community more together. Um, I mean, <laughs> Imagine how, how Hoover would have started if uh, there weren't any online events. Well, 2020, probably, it would have been hard to hear anything about it at all uh, without any announcement at an online Reacticon and without an online launch party and without the following online Hoover meetup. Um, it would have probably been tweets and blog posts and I'm not sure it would have gotten that much traction as it has now. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, as I said, a lot less less effort. So I think it's easier also for people who, uh, even in normal times, um, can't make it to events, uh, maybe because they have uh, difficulty to, to get the travel budget or um, family responsibilities. Um, so it's a lot easier for them to to join in and um, 
yeah so i think it's it's gotten a really nice thing for us to experience this now um to learn how to uh how to do online events um and i can understand everyone who wants to go back to normal in-person events um but i'm not a hundred percent sure that we're gonna go back to the way it was before yeah i, ju I just want to make one clarifying point on what you said earlier about the hackathon in, in orlando florida and i realize now that i need to start changing my message just a little bit it it is going to include an unconference as well so we can be inclusive to all people and i would like to get adobe docs or merch magento docs or whatever they merch docs they called it but I, I do want to make it fully inclusive and it's not only for hackathons i mean it's not only for developers um and it is at disney world so i also want to just say that disney world is also not just for developers it's also for everybody else in the world that would like to go to disney world um so that's that's my only clarifying point on, on that on that previous statement. Uh, so going back to online events, I think that now we have an opportunity to do the hybrid style event where you have in person with uh, with a streaming video for people watching. And I, I actually had had a pleasure of attending an event similar to that about a month ago in Texas, uh, where the main presenter was on the big screen and we were sort of a satellite event that was happening. And there was a number of events happening all over the world with sort of a central event happening in a place with a, with a fancy camera and, and, and a setup like that where we were sitting in, in a room with 25 people watching a big screen. Uh, that was a good way to do it. Uh, and I think the presentation from a presenter to an audience gives a different feel than it does when you're just talking to a screen, you know, something like this. Uh, can you comment a little bit about where you think events are going to be in that format? So hybrid versus um, this one on one talking to a screen type of thing? Um, I assume that the bigger events will turn to a hybrid model. And the smaller ones like local meetups will probably go back to local in-person events either or online events. Um, because what I see already is that um, the meetups even become a lot more professional. With, you have to have some kind of moderator and you have to maybe put in some more effort to get the word uh, yeah, out that the event is happening. and to make sure that people actually attend because, well, who's gonna show up for an online event that they just automatically clicked on uh, to register. And um, yeah, it's like just one more notification from their smartphone saying the calendar invite is, uh, is now open or whatever. Um, so I think it's for the smaller events, a lot more effort to bring a good hybrid event around. Um, you have to have the te technology of a good microphone for the speaker, a good camera, someone who actually makes sure that everything is running smoothly in the background. Whereas beforehand for our local meetup, it was like, yeah, setting up the event in, in meetup.com and then seeing the German network and uh, do a bit of promotion. And then you buy 
some drinks and some snacks and people show up and uh, you basically have some last minute cleanup in the office and uh, maybe just have a really, really, really last minute chat with a colleague who's going to do the moderating role this day. Um, and that's it. And uh, it would be, yeah, I feel like with an in-person event, where people can just move around, um, they, especially if it's just a local meetup, um, they don't really expect that much. Um, but if you have an online event or a hybrid event and that's not really moderated well, then it's getting really, really hard to focus on the event and follow it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, uh, there are some meetups who have um, a more professional, uh, yeah, let's say uh, approach. Um, I think we can count ours to it. And sometimes I wonder if it's too professional now um, because meetups also in the magenta sphere, I think should be the, the really easy stages for people who want to have their first talks and uh, get into public speaking. And if you already have this uh, super professionalized um, with lots of preparation and moderator doing really, really, really good job, um, it might put people off. Um, and uh, I hope that we keep these meetups as a, um, yeah, as an easy first stage for anyone who wants to become a public speaker in the magenta sphere. Yeah, that, that has been a topic around sort of the meet magentos and the mage titans and, it, and some of those events that allow, that allow presenters to come in and, and sort of test the waters to get some practice and things like that. I think part of the problem in that as has been that some of them are very sectioned off, meaning you know, Mage Titans has always been developer event by developers for developers, which then excludes everybody else in the world on that particular product. And, and then, um, you know, it also excludes the reason for a merchant to be there because if, unless you're a merchant who is also a developer, they don't want to attend that event. Um, I think that you're right. The importance of these smaller events for that reason to help people to be better speakers is is one thing. And then I suppose the other thing would be if you put aside meetups, so this sort of, sort of informal thing, and I agree with you, meetups shouldn't have a camera and shouldn't, ha and you know, it becomes a more of a meetup, meet magento type of thing or, or of more of a formal event when you, when you get a, a whole professional video studio set up to do it. But I do think that there is a space for this hybrid style let's call it small event that would maybe target 50 people or less where you're doing a presentation or even like you're doing for the Hoofa theme where you're doing uh, some spe specific um, presentations about the topic that helps people get educated. Um, do you feel as though we're going to lose out visitors who would click instead of join in person? Or do you think that people are going to just drive to join in person if they can right now? Well, right now, for me personally, we are in a 
in this situation where um, I, I second guess every time I go into the office. And we're now just starting talking about um, having some kind of a gathering of the whole team. So I'm still quite removed from uh, having open public events uh, with more than two people. Um, so I'm so, so, yeah, stuck on this uh, social distancing stuff. Um, I think what I see in, in our society these days is also that people question if we need to go back to traveling um, for the sake of attending conferences with regards to uh, the environment. And so I imagine that there will be more people willing to actually attend online versions of events um, with that as a motivation. Um, but still, I think it's from an attendee perspective and also from an organizer perspective, um, the in-person part is actually something you can't really copy online. It's, um, you can't influence how the online attendees experience it. They see the screen, they hopefully have a good connection and hear the sound all right but you can't have any influence on the light in their room or what it feels like if the chair is comfortable, if they have a good snack before and after, and um, if they actually have this kind of connection they feel to the speaker. And that's something that you have a lot more influence on in in-person events. Um, and um, I don't know if you've seen it as well, but I think that sometimes online events they're doing a really great job and the audience is still saying, yeah, it was okay. Whereas in, in in-person events, it will be uh, a tweet storm coming and people blogging about it afterwards or um, telling their colleagues about it. And I feel like it's, it's a lot harder to get people excited about online events than it is when they have attended in person. Yeah, I would agree with that too. And I think it's gonna be, I, I do think there was like this curve of, we we all started going online and then we got completely zoomed out. And, you know, in that first couple months of the pandemic by, by uh, May or something like that, we're all like, oh my God, I can't do more 12 hour Zoom days anymore. Uh, and now it went down and now we're kind of, coming back I, I think that some of these online events and I'll put out like the Adobe Summit and the Magento Connect um, conference that that was just recent that I thought both of those were engaging and maybe the Adobe one was done in a way that you didn't feel like you had to attend every single speaker because they're all recorded and you could go back and look at them uh, but the ones that were live or semi-live, I guess none of them were actually live, which is also sort of like, okay, well, hmm. uh, but semi-live and I'll put out sneaks. I really enjoyed the sneaks and, and part of, I suppose part of it was the, was Dan Levy was, you know, a super a big star and it made it very entertaining. Uh, but it also was engaging and, and the content was short enough where you didn't feel like you're sitting there for a half an hour 
watching somebody drone on about how to insert JavaScript into a presentation page or something like that. Not to disparage developers because I used to be sort of a developer, but if you're not interested in the topic, then, and the, and the more precise your topic is, the smaller your audience is and the harder it is to keep them engaged. So I think that um, over time, we're gonna find that balance as a community to figure out what makes sense. And a lot of this is right. A lot of them are going back in person. Uh, just a small comment about the, the air travel. I am arranging a sailboat that'll leave uh, from Northern Germany. Um, that, that'll take only a month. But we do have some exclusive spots that are leaving next week, week for Orlando uh, in a rowboat. So if you'd like to try that, uh, both of those are completely carbon neutral. Perfect. The rowboat Please. will take about six months to get there. Okay. I guess while on the rowboat, I can't uh, be on the on the computer, right? So I probably need to be on the sailing boat so I can... Um, shut myself up in the cabin and work on my master's thesis. That would be quite, quite good. No distractions. Yeah. Same yeah, <laughs> perfect. I think the, I think the rowboat version could have satellite as well as some kind of solar batteries recharging. It depends on the length of the rowboat, which I haven't confirmed yet. I, I believe it's big, it's bigger than three meters. I guess we could ask the Vikings how to do this. I think they, they would know. Isn't that some of your heritage as well? Yes, I'm Scandinavian. And there was a person from Minnesota that actually built a Viking ship back in in the 70s. And he sailed it from, I don't know if he came from Duluth. Like Minnesota has the farthest inland port in the world. So we have ocean going vessels that come to our shores here in the middle of the country. And he sailed it all the way to, uh, to Norway, I think, or something like that. But Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's move on to the Magento Association. Um, I have now joined as a membership uh, as on the membership board, so uh, I'm I'm excited about the Magento Association. And yesterday, I talked to Eric Irway, and he's sort of the liaison with Adobe and the Magento Association. Can you give us some some of your insight on on where that's at and how you feel it's going? Okay, so I've been onboarded to the board of directors of the Magento Association, I think, end of February this year. Um, and, uh, well, with the motivation of, of getting more involved and um, see if we can actually have uh, more people um, also engaging with the Magento Association. Um, because I felt like it was a bit too quiet around it for the last couple of months before that. Um, and uh, so one of my first ta tasks was to um, help organize the Magento Association Connect, um, an online event we had in, in April um, with speakers from around the world and um, I think one of the first things I noticed uh, when getting more into contact with the Magento Association as a board member was that there was so much going on and no one knows about it, which is a shame <laughs> because it's there are lots of critics around that say, well, 
there's going so much work maybe into the magenta association and it feels like there's nothing coming out of it um there is lots going on and some of it isn't finished yet so can't really be presented to the outside world but uh i guess you know also now from your members committee um that it's there is stuff going on people are working on, on things um and uh well, I've also joined the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, um, which has its one of its uh, yeah tasks to make sure that um, the Magento Association actually is is open to anyone who works with uh, Magento in some way, and making sure that uh, everyone or all kinds of groups actually have a kind of representation in the committees and board etc um, and that we do our best to make sure that people uh, feel welcome with the magenta association um, and then <laughs> because it's not enough yet uh, i also joined the content committee which um, does uh, for example the commerce co-op um, a blog where uh, people from the Magento community can actually um, reach out to have their articles published on the Magento Association blog. Um, and that's also currently working on another content series to be coming out soon. Um, no details yet. And uh, it's, I think it's a really nice way that there's, uh, for example, you could just write a piece especially for the Magento Association to have this really broad audience there or um, to have one of your previously published uh, blog posts cross post there. So um, it's, um, I think it's a good way of, of uh, collaborating there. And, um, because we have so many people who actually do great articles about difficult stuff and uh, I think they deserve the audience they can get. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I'm, I'm very interested still in Magento and the association, obviously, since we, I seem to talk about it all the time. And locally here in Minneapolis, I'm on a board for entrepreneurs and I happen to be the membership chair here as well. So I get to talk to all sorts of people and I joined the, the uh, diversity and inclusion board. And my first question was, well, after I joined um, and just to be fully transparent in, in Minnesota, in our entrepreneur chapter, we're like, we're, I think we're 80% men and 20% women and we're probably 90% white bald males or I know, I know all that, all that math doesn't add up, but I'm, I'm not, I am the opposite of diversity. And I said, why, I questioned, why should I be on this board? Why should I be on the diversity board? And, and the answer was, people need to know and, and you need to be aware. And to start, I, to start anyways, they need as many people to be aware and put out the word that we need to be diverse in our community. And I think that for Magento, I'm going to say, being diverse is 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 getting more 
women involved would be would be one way but then getting more people that are other than white males would be the next thing i you know, just to be fully like let's just talk like i feel like we need to talk about these things to get them out there and let's start pushing some boundaries to help and get people engaged and honestly at me as the membership chair in my own local little community here in minnesota People will come to our website and they see the board of directors. And the first thing they would say is, why should I join your organization? Like yours, 10 people on the board and they're all males and they're all men or they're all white males. Um, so I think it's important that that message is put out um, and that we continue to, to really push that topic. And, and in maybe in formats like this, or I know Sharon Lampert has just, we just, I just talked to her. She said, let's do a little diversity discussion online and make that a topic and then republish it. Well, I think with your visual appearance as a white, bald male, sorry, <laughs> you could be an excellent ally. Um, and I think it's it's one of the difficulties of this topic of diversity and inclusion that these days, Often when you have these topics, it's well underrepresented people from underrepresented groups attending. And what we need is people with the right power and networks to actually get this topic established and to make sure that we have progress. And that's something that shouldn't be all, only be the burden of those who are already members of underrepresented groups. Um, yeah, gender is one thing. And then there is, uh, with looking at the magenta community, we have people from all over the world, well, except for the Arctics, I think, and um, Grandrons haven't yet been certified magenta developers. But there is so much more than just looking at how many women we have attending or how many men there are. Um, there's the, the background of their, their job roles. Uh, like we always try to get more merchants involved um, and uh, well there are lots of people who have actually have lots of years of magento experience and engagement with the magento community but where are the newcomers where do we see them how do we make sure that they actually have a space uh, inside our community and um, I think it's, we have to make sure that we have a, a broad view on the different groups we have. Um, it was one of the talks from, from Sherry, I think better back at a major conference, Netherlands, um, where she talked more with a focus on getting more women involved in the IT work field as developers. But she also mentioned that um, there is no such thing as the Magento community. It's Magento communities. It's a different communities around the world. And they have different things they work on, different motivation, different issues. Um, and it's, um, well, oftentimes it's uh, Europe and the US <laughs> doing things. Um, while there's so much going on in Asia. Um, and 
we see it with Magento Association also everywhere with online events that if you want to include everyone, it's really difficult. I mean, how do you schedule a meeting where anyone from Japan to India to Europe to the US to South America can attend without really having difficulties with the biorhythm? Um, no, you're exactly right then. It is really, there's so many subcultures in there. And just thinking about our event that we put on in Mexico for the last four or five years, um, we started with a lot of English content. We started with an English first website when, and, and people are, obviously the mistake there is you don't start in, you don't start an event in a country that the Spanish is the language with an English first website and English content, it doesn't work unless you're in the Netherlands, which of course always works um, because they speak better English than I do. Uh, uh, but the, you're exactly right that we need to have those specific conferences. Um, and I would like to kind of talk a little bit about maybe where Magento, uh, the old Magento Association and now the new Magento Association, one of my beefs or complaints had has been the fact that previously to do a meet Magento, they wanted to have a local person and they wanted to have X amount of money spent and they wanted to have some other kind of revenue thing around it. And then they were expecting that you should have 200 or 300 or 400 people involved. All those barriers made it nearly impossible for a country like Bolivia to ever put on a Meet Magento event. Nobody is ever going to do an event in somewhere where there's nobody doing an event and there's no interest in Magento. And there's no interest in Magento because nobody's there to bring interest to Magento. Um, if you think about how, let's just, how, how Christians how the Catholics colonized South America, which is not, I'm not condoning it at all. I'm not saying that they, that they did a horrible thing, but what they did do is they brought this thing to them and they had missionaries that would go out and talk about their, they would go and talk about it and they would bring it to that region. And then people would, uh, I'm not going to go down that path because it's very controversial. But the point is that people have there. There has to be Magento missionaries that go into that region, and and they have to plant the seeds to do the event, and somebody has to organize it, and then they have to get local people involved. Yeah, I guess a nicer terming would be to have farmers who are responsible for grassroots movements. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it would be it would be a good idea to differentiate between um, how does how does Adobe phrase it like the markets that are already established like Europe and the US and and markets where they want to have a bit more of a footing um, because like Bolivia for example would probably then be something that should be treated differently than. Um, if there's competing, let's say, agencies who want to create a Meet Magento Germany, um, because they probably then should have really uh, lots of hoops to, to jump through to actually get 
a better organizer for the event. Whereas in countries where there's no prior Magento event, it should be a lot easier to, to set things up. But I'm not part of the Magento Association Events Committee, which is still another committee working. Um, and I guess from what I've heard so far, lots of what they're focusing on is um, as they are somehow the, let's call it steward of the, of the Meet Magento brand. Um, they want to make sure that those who actually put up the Meet Magento event uh, have considered it well and, and, and do a great job about it. Um, yeah. I've, so I, I, I agree that there has to be some kind of something around there. Let, let's go back to, let's go back to communications and, and the Magento Association. And I, I'm just going to be a little bit of a critic, a critic again right now and go just ahead. put out my two cents that um, some transparency and some, and I know you can't talk about everything and the board can't talk about everything, but something like a blog post with a vision statement or a, or a roadmap, and then just some, some small topics around here's where, here's where we're going and here we're at, we're at mid quarter. Here's where we're, we're going to be at. Um, we, we practice something in our company called entrepreneurial operating system, where we have this thing called a vision traction organizer. So we get together every year and we talk about what is our vision for the year, but we also lay out what is our vision for three years and 10 years. And then we all break that into quarters and we say, we want to accomplish this small thing in a quarter. And then every week we get together and talk about where we're at in that thing. And I'm not saying that Magento Association should adopt this, but the you know the 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 leader of uh, or the whoever is the uh, is the volunteer boss of Magento Association I think it's a chairperson that the, the easy thing or the the transparent thing would be create a short video that says here I am here's where we're going here's where we're at and then once a month you could create a five minute video that says hey just checking in I'm here if you have something you'd like to communicate I'm here to listen to you you know a lot I think a lot of CEOs do that sort of a town hall format where people can voice some of their things and and then that gives it an opportunity to also present where we're at the last thing that I'll comment on that we do is we do every quarter something called a state of the company that just says, here's how we did in that quarter. Here's how we did on, on our, uh, our goals for that 90 days. And here's where we're going for the next quarter. Um, so I know I just threw a lot at you there and, and I'm not directing this to you in any way, but I do feel like that there, there's certainly a lack of communication and a lack of transparency which just leads to people feeling like it's sort of this tightly, tight, tightly knit community that is making decisions where the broader community doesn't have a, a say so. Yeah, it's a, it's a feeling of disconnection and that uh, isn't really helpful. Um, so what there is, is the, um, the town hall. I think we had the last one in mid-April and I think the next one is planned for September which is still a lot of time in between. Um, but I think it's, it was, it's a place where the Magento Association actually mentions what their plans are for the year uh, and what they're currently working on, 
how things are going. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess it's it might be easier to do these things for the company because you work on it every day compared to an association where people are volunteers and don't get paid for it. And then there is the um, the company involved, uh, Smith Buckland, that uh, helps the Magento Association actually abiding all the rules around associations in the US and, and more. And um, they, I think we have, um, yeah, they actually make sure that we stay on course as well. Um, but I guess it's, it's, uh, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Um, uh, so, uh, is, do do is there anything else that you'd like to kind of bring up about the Magential Association? We, we have like five minutes left, so we should probably wrap up okay. here soon. Um, watch the space, uh, the Magento Association. There's, uh, lots in the works for this year already, um, to be published and made public soon, uh, also for merchants, um, especially for them actually. And uh, yeah, I guess it's, um, it's, a, it's always a good time to join and um, keeping an eye on opportunities that arise. Uh, I know it's not as transparent as people would hope for to how to get involved in some of the committees, etc. We're working on it, uh, making it better. And uh, yeah, I guess if you have specific stuff uh, you want to have considered, um, please reach out. Uh, there is lots of people interested in hearing from the community. And, and if you know someone who's on the committee or just uh, forward it to them and uh, there are lots of people, I think, who who bring in broad ideas, uh, broad variety of ideas already, and you can have always have more. <laughs> yeah, and I I can say that since I you know I'm on the membership committee, so I know things are happening. But I think that it's there is sort of a uh, people feel like there is a little bit of a black box where things go in and it comes out, and maybe a little more transparency around what's what's happening in between those town hall times. Those are super helpful. So, um, so just as we wrap up here, what, what is, what interests you are, what blogs are you following? What uh, books are you reading? Are you any podcasts you'd like to mention um, besides talk commerce? <laughs> okay. So, uh, since there's a lot of work to do and, uh, study stuff to read, I try to keep my free time reading to fictional stuff. Um, so the last thing I read was from Matt Haig, uh, The Midnight Library, um, Trigger Warning, Suicide Attempt. Um, but it left me with a more positive outlook on life. And uh, I guess it's, if you're looking for a new read, check it out. It's currently really hyped. Some people love it, some don't. Some think it's really superficial and not worth your time. Probably check it out and see for yourself. All right, I'll and get then, that in the show notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, are we already at the shameless plug? Is that it? Yeah, let's do the shameless plug. Okay. Um, well, I've just been back to the dance floor yesterday after seven months absence. And while my muscles are mainly gone, my muscle memory still works. And it's surprisingly well remembered all our choreographies. Um, and I hadn't anticipated it, to be honest. And it's just so good to be back. And uh, I feel so much better now after the exercise. And actually, dancing is an exercise that doesn't feel like exercising most of the time. Um, so if you're looking for a new sport to try out in 2021, after all the social distancing is over, check out dancing. And uh, there are dancing stuff you can do on your own. There are stuff you do in a group, stuff you do with a partner. So if if there was a if there was a a wife that would like her husband to start dancing with her, is there anything any any advice that you could give directly to a wife that is constantly saying to her husband, "Let's start dancing. It would be really fun." And if they'd been married for nearly thirty years, and that still hasn't taken action on that, is there any good advice that you could give the husband to maybe listen to the wife every once in a while? Uh, try it out. Okay. Um, so the funny thing is, uh, I got married one and a half years ago, and it was just a small, uh, well, the official part in Germany with the government stuff. And um, we wanted to have the, the celebration half a year afterwards. And so we started um, a dance course, my husband and I, and he didn't really at all. So sometimes we were in the car towards the, the course of the dancing class and he said, oh no, the car wants oil. Now we have to go back home. <laughs> <laughs> so he was trying everything not to go there. Um, and then, well, pandemic hits, uh, wedding celebration was postponed, no dancing. Um, then we got back to dancing for a while then it stopped again. Then uh, wedding was canceled completely, celebrations. Um, and now that the dancing is back, he was actually more eager to go back dancing than I was. Probably because as a wife, I try to um, give lots of positive feedback on any progress he does during the dancing. And I guess that's maybe a hint for the wife. But if you try it out, don't criticize. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Positive reinforcement. Uh, so the other exercise that I've heard doesn't feel like exercise is the Heidelberg Marathon or a 50K race that I think Vinay, Willem, and now yourself, we're going to all volunteer to do that together in 2022, probably. Uh, so I'm excited that uh, we can we can embark on that hill, that experience. I know around Vinay's house, there's no hills or mountains or anything. So it's much no. easy and flat. Uh, and we'll, we, and there's a nice castle we can stop at to get a beer. And I don't know if we're mm -hmm. going to do that during the race, but How many I've heard kilometers? 50K. <laughs> nope. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, I'll keep working on my technique. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, um, you know, for me, running sometimes is 
really nice because it clears your mind. And sometimes every step is an effort. And often I prefer dancing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been running every day now since for about four, 410 days or something. So I agree that so there's some of those days where it's just really hard and you don't want to do it. I agree 100%. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Sonia, thank thank you so much for joining today. Uh, I really appreciate it. This has been a very fun hour. Um, and I know we were going to take 30 minutes, but it's been very informative. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me, friend, or Brunt, or I don't know what yeah. name you don't still ask, settled don't on. Don't ask Gisa, <laughs> right? Have yeah. a good evening. You too. Cheers. Have a good Cheers. day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ciao. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by SwiftDotter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet SwiftDotter. Swift Otter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at SwiftDotter.com. This episode has been sponsored by the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions, an AWS Select Consulting Partner, EWA Corporation, forward together. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce. New shows out every week.